When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Morning Hookup on ESPN Lincoln. What's going on? Welcome in to the Morning Hookup. Happy Wednesday. ESPN FM 101.5, 1480 AM. Like you know, Bill Hooks, he is out today. He's out for the rest of the week. He is on his way uh, back home to see some family. So travel safe, Bill. And today we have some special guests in the house. We have our regular fill-in, Thew Malone. The, the regular special yes, guest. Yes, we have the regular. And then we have a familiar voice oh. here today as well. Some of you might remember this guy. Throwback. Mr. Nick Gregeth. I am excited here. to be here, my friend. What's I can't going wait. On? I've been giddy all morning about getting back on freaking sports radio. And screaming about things and having fun with you guys and fuck. No, normally you're screaming at me, so this will be this will be good, I, dude. I'm excited. I once I realized that Theo was going to be here, I was like, I can't wait to just beat him down with statistics and facts. It's gonna like happen. old times. It's gonna happen. And I, like old days, I everybody can just it. go ahead and get off my lawn right now. Oh there my god! Yeah. And we're gonna have fun today. Hey, hey, happy early signing day, fellas. It's here. I am so excited. I, I can I say also. I haven't been this excited about signing day in like three or four years at least. Really? Yeah. I, Rule's got, dude, I am excited. Why? Rule has got me excited. Why, why did you lose excitement the past few years? Um, cause I, every, okay, so with Frost, we all wanted Frost to succeed, obviously, right? We wanted yeah. him to be great and all that stuff. It was pretty apparent there that it wasn't necessarily going to happen, right? And that was such a bummer. Yeah. I it know. was such a bummer. And I wasn't, I feel like with uh, Coach Rule, there's it's it's a renewed enthusiasm for the program and for the team amongst the fan base. And I know there were some people, and there was like the whole Mickey Joseph wanted him as coach, and we had a whole entire radio stations that that's they were hedging their bets on that. You know, I get it, <laughs> but and, and they were disappointed, and then they kind of crapped on the Rule hire at first. I get it, yeah. that's what they're doing. But the Rule coming here, he's got a track record that's outstanding in college football, and then look what he's doing recruiting wise, you guys. Like, like, what? Probably going to end up being eight local kids, right, from Nebraska. Yeah, that he's going to end up picking up. What? What I think is exciting and smart about that. What is he doing? He's getting himself a foundation of players that are going to be. They may not play a ton, some of them, but they're going to be leaders. They're going to be people right. who know what the end stands for. That are all in. They're part of this renew twenty three thing that he's got going on, right? And I think it's incredibly smart. Like I don't. I don't think moving forward you'll see eight or nine local kids in his classes as much. But I think it's smart the first year because they're up against it in the recruiting. I don't know. I'm just excited. I've, I've gone on already too long. Well, I, I've just, no, I'm, this you was guys, your spot. I've got like Welcome two back. years. It's, it's, I was going to say. I've got it's two been years like, of waiting to jump on the air with you guys. I was so. going to say, it's been like two years. Since, I know. Uh, you... I was trying to be respectful because Bill's so freaking good at his job. And I was like, <laughs> nobody wants to hear this joker back. Nobody wants this jabroni back on the air. Oh, God. But I, I will tell you this. I, I used to take the first... Wednesday in February off from work for like the last 30 years and I would sit at home and do nothing except watch recruiting and now you have the early signing period which I get it it levels the playing field but 
I'm glad Nick's excited today. Oh, and I'm great, and I and I hope we bring in some good talent. But I'll be, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be Debbie Downer the whole show. I'm not. But I don't get as jacked up about recruiting as I used to because now with the transfer portal, if some if somebody gets butt hurt, they they just leave. We should talk about that stuff later in the show. I'm down because I got I got well, as you might imagine I have thoughts on the transfer portal. I I hate to say I told you so, but so many people <laughs> listen to this show two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Heard me talking about NIL, oh, talking God, about yeah. talking about the the transfer portal, and and what I thought at the time was going to be a disaster, and it kind of is. And here we are. I mean, I'm I'm happy for it. On one hand, I'm, I can be both of these things. I'm happy for the athletes that they have freedom. They're getting money. They have freedom. I'm happy for them. All right. But what do I always what I used to always say? Selfish. Uh, be selfish because the athletes are going to act selfishly. They're well, going to be they in their are. best interest. They're good at that. Coaches are going to be selfish. Right. They're going to act in their best interest. So as a fan, I'm going to be selfish. And it annoys me, it annoys me that a guy like Ernest Hausman was given the kingdom. He was given the keys to the kingdom. Go ahead and start, young man. Here's your chance to shine, young man. Why are you at Michigan now? That drives me nuts as a fan. I'm happy for him as an individual. Go enjoy yourself. Have fun, I guess. But as a fan, I can be angry about that, too. And be annoyed. And slap the entire state on your way out the door. Yes, what you do. I, I don't like that. Well, you know, we are going to talk Husker football in this hour. We're going to have Robin Washington on the show here in a, just a minute. <laughs> oh, we'll, my gosh. We'll, we'll get him on the horn. I know you're going to have I'm some excited. fun with Robin. He's going he's gonna to spend this whole I don't show, think Robin all knows. this built-up energy that he's had. Oh, I'm excited, he's boys. Gonna, he's not going to miss out on a chance to no, tell no, no, us, no. I told you so. I'm oh, excited. Yeah. ready, Listen, Will. You, I'm so you're excited. You've already had one. Um, There's going to be a lot. We'll do what's turning at 10. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about Nebraska ball's game last night. You, oh, you goodness. were there. The I, yeah, yep, Xavier and I were there. Sounds like it was a packed house. Yeah, you had good seats. I bet it wasn't hard to find good seats. Did the... you buy Did you buy ones up in the top and walk down? <laughs> no, they, they had the curtains pulled on the 300s. That's embarrassing. Oh, no, really? it was, uh, yeah. Damn. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, and maybe we'll are you going to call? Are you going to call Robin? Is I that am, what you guys yeah. do? We call him live on air. We he don't does, even... I don't believe he knows I'm on unless he just looked at Twitter a few minutes ago. Well, he's pretty. You know, does he like surprises? Does he call, does he call in or do you? We. we I'm going to dial okay. him up right now. All right. That's fun, man. No, I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff I want to. If you guys are good with it, I'd love to chat about like like looking at Coach Rule, and I think there's some really cool stuff. You know, in terms of. I think are positives. I got questions on some things. Will, are we supposed to hear the? About. Are we supposed to hear the dial tones over? Yeah, the... he's calling him over the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is what we do live on air. We just call him. Just, just out of the blue. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Hello. He's gonna go. Hello, fellas. Hello. Let's confuse him. Oh no. Let's. I want to confuse him because I don't believe he knows I'm on here. So I'm gonna do what I usually do at 9 a.m. I'm gonna call him and let's act like what I usually do is I ask him if we want to go get beers at two o'clock. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll, and I'll confuse him and be like, "Hey, Robin, do you guys still get beers when it's like terribly cold out?" Uh, that's actually that, the better yeah. time to go. You don't stop drinking just because it's cold yeah, outside. No, man. Robin, you drink more because then it numbs it. Robin's my uh, my beer buddy. Me, him, and Hooksy. There, he's. Uh, we usually go down to to Rosie's and then it sounds like you're doing a live radio show while we're talking sports and drinking beers. This will be good. Come on, wash it. I feel. Why is it doing that? Your call cannot be completed. I was, I've been looking forward to. Did you dial? Did you dial nine to dial out? What? Do you have to dial nine to dial out? I've never had to dial a one for Robin's number in my can life. I, can I point out to you though? You said something while he's getting Robin on the phone. You said something I thought that was super important. You mentioned how you used to be excited for for recruiting day, right? I, I'm tired of being let down, like well, most Husker fans are. So. 
I feel like that permeates onto game day. That permeates onto other times. And I'm excited because I feel like if Rule gets this thing turned around, I was telling my wife this, I miss what game day used to look like. Right. Back when, you know, it, like like you would get up for an, a, a 2.30 game, get up and be downtown at 9 a.m., and there's people everywhere tailgating the whole nine yards. They're all excited for the game. You know, it's going nuts. It doesn't feel like it's been the same thing lately. So I'm excited for that to come back, and I think that's... Well, and you know what? Part of that is, is I've talked to some fans this week that, uh, you know, they, they tried to get behind the Callahan hire. They got excited when Bo Pelini got hired. Uh, they said, yeah, okay, we'll give Mike Riley a try. Uh, they really got excited when Scott Frost got hired. And now they say, you know, okay, it's not that I don't believe that this Matt Rule guy will get the job done. They're just, I'm I'm numb. I am tired of, of getting all hyped up only to have my world come crashing down four or five years later. Oh, so, you know, I mean, you can, you understand where, I mean, and this is, it's the same principle with the recruiting too. So it's, it's not that the Nebraska fans aren't happy with that hire. Um, it's just, it's the world we live in. All right. I got Robin Washington on the phone after a few attempts. And Robin, uh, I'm trying to see if you can guess who's all in the room right now. You know my voice. Well, and Robin, I saw you last night. Yep. He was in the house. Yeah. What about, what about this gentleman? Are we going to see you at two o'clock or what? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh yeah! He's gonna hang up. I think it's uh, this is over. He's about to hang up. Don't hang up. Oh. He was not. He was not ready for this. I feel like I just got trapped. Robin, <laughs> were you? Hey, were you one of the uh, eighteen people that was at that game last night watching I was, basketball? I was. Yeah, it was me and my you know eighteen of my closest friends oh, over there. The the real basketball diehards made it up to that one. How crazy was that? Considering the normal. I know Thew's ready to like scream about this, but like normally, you know, Pinnacle Bank Arena is hopping during a Husker basketball game. Yeah. And then you're sitting in there watching watching the men play, and there's like there's two thousand people in there. Like, uh, <laughs> how embarrassing yeah, that, was that, that for that the university? Be, they I, listed it uh, just over twenty five hundred, <laughs> and that must have been like total ticket sales because that's generous. And it's from my gauge, I would have guessed like maybe two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was just such a weird event and like you know the idea behind it was you know i I guess i can see it like getting a a little holiday event like that where i mean they had you know top 15 mississippi state drake like you know that was a good matchup but just the execution beyond that was lacking um you know the promotion uh, the, the fact that it wasn't part of the season ticket package that I think just deterred a lot of fans from even wanting to come to the game. Um, and then uh, playing Queens, you know, an opponent for Nebraska that uh, didn't really do much to excite uh, fans to make it out in seven-degree weather and, and come out on a Tuesday night uh, to watch that game. So it really all kind of <laughs> just set up for a, a, a weird night and that's exactly what it was and i guess the good thing for nebraska is um that had everything uh you could ask for as far as a recipe for a trap game and they avoided it and they they took care of business you know it wasn't the prettiest thing but they they won the game they won by double figures and they went to break uh on a high note which they desperately needed to me it almost felt like i was watching a a class a high school game with just a, a splattering of, of this color over here and some over there. And and thankfully, I mean, the, I think the only reason that there was 2,000 fans there at the Nebraska game is because a lot of those folks from, from Des Moines, the Drake fans, stayed and got their money's worth and stayed for the second game. Because I, I look at this, and you bring in six teams 
all of who you have to pay, you know, whether the university wants to blame PBA or vice versa, those teams got to get paid. And I, I don't know where all that revenue is going to come from to pay these teams, except I, th- I think the Drake fans drank a lot last night at PBA, so that's probably... <laughs> well you know, done. It was as close... You know, our, our friend of the show, Todd, who I hope is listening right now, he works security down there at PBA. That was as close as I ever saw a fan getting kicked out of PBA last really? night. Really? Was drunk Drake fans giving it to the officials. So uh, it, it was really weird, and I thought... You know, we talk about how, how our team, I think, feeds off the energy, and it, and it was like, yeah, we were up 15 at, at half, and we were cruising along and stuff, but it just... It felt like we went through the motions in the second half, and they were just playing playing a scrimmage because there was there was no excitement in that building. Yeah, I mean, again, when you only have a handful of people there, and uh, to, to be clear, we said eighteen of our closest friends. There's only seventeen because Bill, Bill Hooks wasn't there; he's out of town. Well, and also they would have made up for that money they needed in beer sales. <laughs> yeah, Hooks been there. <laughs> a huge chunk of their alcohol sale process profit uh, was out the window. So, but uh, yeah, it. Um, I guess going back to the, the, the crowd atmosphere, I mean, so it's a third-party event, so, like, it's not anything Nebraska has to pay or PBA has to pay. This is all through the Campio, uh, okay. which is the organi- organizer that, that put it all together, and I'm pretty sure the, the money has already been paid, so, like, they're not, like, expecting a check at this point, but now the issue is for Campio, they're probably taking um, a pretty <laughs> pretty big hit, I would imagine, because I know they were expecting you know, four or 5,000 for the Drake-Mississippi State game and have some spill over there where you're getting, you know, your normal... Well, advertise eight, it then. Eight to 10,000 10, for the Nebraska home game. and Obviously, they didn't get anywhere near that. We're talking to Robin Washington. So talk a little bit about our game. We played Queens. I thought they were from New York, but no, they're from uh, NC. But talk about our game. We won the game. How did we look? You knew they were from North Carolina. Bill Hooks is a passionate <laughs> Queens hater. Yes, uh, he is. He is <laughs> from his North Carolina days. But uh, yeah, they—they're uh, a team that nobody really knows about. They've only been Division One for two years now, I believe. Um, but they're pesky. You know, they're a team that is a lot better than people want to give them credit for. Uh, they were—you um, know—they beat Marshall. I think Marshall only has two losses on the year. Uh, and, you know, they've got an extremely good record since they moved to D1. Now, uh, I said you know, that that's part of the issue, but then just the all the other variables with this game, uh, the fact that um, all the, the, I guess we can call it uniqueness, uh, that we just talked about about this game with the, the fans and, and, and whatnot, but um, the timing of the game, every, every time you play one of these bye games before uh, the holiday break, it's always kind of a, a nervous uh, game and then you know Nebraska was coming off a really disappointing loss at Kansas State where uh, they played arguably their their worst overall effort uh, of the season and so you know Nebraska had to they had to make sure they were they came ready to play and they jumped out to an 11-0 run and um, you know were able to withstand uh, some good Queens runs there but um, you know that that was a game where you know Nebraska could not come in there and just expect to win because um, they were they would have got beat. If, if they did, if they just went through and gone through the motions. Uh, so credit to them, and especially those veteran players like Derek Walker, Sam Greasel, Juwan Gary. Um, every time it seemed like Queens was starting to kind of make a little bit of push, one of those guys stepped up. Um, when I think in the second half, Queens came back and cut it to uh, turned a 17-point deficit, then cut it to nine. Um, uh, uh, 
Juwan Gary and Derek Walker, I think, scored nine straight points uh, to, to get that thing back under control. So um, you know, that was a game where you needed uh, your, your veterans to, to make sure things stayed under control, and that's exactly what they got. Talking to Robin Wash at HuskerOnline.com. Also, should be noted, winner of the Kajana Carter division in our fantasy football <laughs> Uh, league as well. Congratulate you on that, sir, for your regular season crown. Uh, Hey, watch it. Uh, We are, what, 13 games, I think, into the season now. We're going to get into Mm -hmm. the Big Ten, like fully into the Big Ten slate. Uh, Looking at this team through 13 games, give me something that is going on that you expected, whether that's positive or negative with this basketball team, and then something that surprises you, something that, like, you didn't, you were kind of curious heading into the season if they were going to be able to I don't know, do something as well as maybe they are or something that maybe they're not doing that you thought they'd be better at? Um, you know, I think we do. So it's, it's easy to say that we expect them to be better defensively, but that, that was a pretty low bar. So, yes, they've achieved that. Um, then they're a better rebounding team, which, again, is a very low bar. So um, those were things that you would say that had to get better, and they are better. Uh, as far as surprises, I would probably say um, just how good they've been defensively more often than not. Um, you know, that Kansas State game is kind of an outlier uh, compared to their overall body of work. But when they have their full complement, when Derek Walker, Sam Griesel, uh, and the rest of the crew are, are on the floor together, they're a really good defensive team. You know, that Emmanuel Bandamel is certainly at the forefront of that discussion as well. Uh, and that's allowed them to be more competitive against high-level teams than I thought. The Purdue game is a perfect example of that, where um, you know that was a game against arguably the best offense in college basketball, and Nebraska should have won had its own offense done its part uh, because of how well they played defensively. So um, you know that the surprising thing is that if Nebraska plays to its peak level defensively, um, it's going to at least have a chance against most any team on its schedule. Um, you know, but we've seen when it doesn't play to that level, like against Kansas State, um, they're going to have some problems. So um, the surprise is just how good that defense can be and how competitive Nebraska can be when they're playing on an elite level on that end of the floor. Hey, Robin, last night you know you talked about the defense. I noticed that, that a lot of times Queens, they didn't get a lot of their, their points in in like their their half court set, it seemed like they would get some transition points, and that was fine. It seemed like we we would double down the post quite a bit, and we did a really good job of recovering um, when they would move that ball around as well. But also, I thought we like you had mentioned earlier, we had really put a lot of emphasis on on being a better rebounding team this year. But it seemed like last night, and I don't know if this was the game plan that every time we would jack up a shot, it seemed like five guys were running the other direction. And I don't know if that was because of the opponent where we were going to try and get back. Back and slow them down um, because you know Queens they like to get out and run but on the flip side it seemed like they tried to slow us down quite a bit by by pressuring the point guard all 94 feet all game they ran a lot of half-court trap um, was that an anomaly or I, I mean I was really really discouraged by the rebounding effort especially on the offensive end last night yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they had 11 offensive rebounds but they also shot 29 three-pointers and so you know, longer shots, longer rebounds, it gives them a little bit better of a, a kind of a more of a chance at offensive rebounds, and that's one of the things that they do uh, really well going in. They had a plus ten rebounding margin coming in, so they're a team that crashes the board. So 
Yeah, I mean, it was. They certainly wish you could have done better on that end of it. Um, but that's kind of one of those things where that's one of the strengths of um, of what Queens does. So you know, yeah, I, I don't look too much into that. I look at kind of the overall where you were talking about how terrible Nebraska has been rebounding over the years, uh, and now that's become a real asset for them. Um, you know, you look at uh, just the, the the seasons work that they've done. Um, they're winning the rebounding margin more often than not. So, um, yeah, I mean, they certainly could have done a better job on the defensive glass. But, you know, the good news is they only gave up seven second-chance points on those 11 offensive rebounds. So, you know, yes, Queens was getting second-chance opportunities, uh, but Nebraska was still able to, you know, keep that under control and keep prevent it from becoming a, a real turning point in that game. Well, I'm sure we're all uh, looking forward to the next Battle of the Vault uh, next year. Can't can't wait for that to yeah. come around next season. Um, I got a feeling we'll, we'll be saying R.I.P. You guys, I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw how many people there were, I, my first thought was, this was my chance to buy ten too many $10 beers and yell at the refs. <laughs> and they could hear every word I was going to say. Oh, they could, it. too. I, that's, and I'm mad I wasn't there. Because every time I'd yell something funny, I would keep doing it because I'd be able to hear Robin laughing up in the press box area, <laughs> and it would yeah, it would you, just fuel that you, fire, baby. Oh yeah, hundred and ten percent. I'd have been gone. <laughs> that would, I don't know if that would have been a good thing or a bad thing, but oh my been... god, Will, could you imagine if you and I were there together? I know, but I don't want to get banned from Pinnacle Bank Arena. Well, you know. We just. It would have made for great radio. You're right. It would have been good content. Uh, Robin, let's move over to football. The early National Signing Day today. Uh, we have a lot of questions to ask you. I'll start by asking, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of signings already. We know where Rule has been visiting. Are you kind of seeing a trend in, in what Rule is trying to do with this first uh, class? Um, I mean, I guess they've hit some different territories. I mean, obviously their first priority was retaining the commitments and especially the uh, in-state kids. That was the first order of business uh, that they did. So that was important and um, a, a real positive development that uh, they they recognized kind of the the necessity to be able to lock down that that the borders and especially uh, you know the, the the number of offensive linemen and and I guess linemen in general that they're getting from within the state. So then beyond that. Um, you're really seeing them hit Texas. You're seeing them hit the Northeast um, more than they have in a long time, which, considering Matt Rule's connections and the staff's connections, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, they've had to do a lot of work in a very short amount of time, um, and this is only the first step of this whole deal because um, this is just the high school kids. And then next is uh, continuing to work the transfer portal. Um, and then you got to, you know, continue to re recruit your own players because. Um, uh, this is going to be an off-season long process of trying to figure out what this roster is going to look like um, come come fall of 23. Uh, and so this this is an important first step. But uh, you know, as, as far as trends go, um, you're seeing them hammer home the state, hammer home Matt Rule's uh, old stomping grounds in the Northeast, and then really prioritizing the state of Texas, especially with the hire of the uh, the high school coach they just brought in on the staff in a. Uh, unknown capacity yeah that's uh i was actually just talking off air with with you and with will about that and i I love what this coaching staff is doing and the plan they're putting in place um i feel like i feel like for the first time in a little while anyways you can see a real 
succinct plan that they're doing. They're trying to add speed. You get a lot of track guys that they're bringing in. Um, they're, he's hiring coaches out of Florida and Texas because he did the same thing at Baylor, walked in, got himself a big-time coach out of Texas to bring onto his staff to help him recruit that state. That was his target state. You know, he Obviously, Florida and Texas are going to be two of them. Let me ask you this. Are you... How do you feel about the – it feels like he's doing a lot of the recruiting style that he had while he was at Baylor where he was getting those track guys, fast receivers, fast cornerbacks, fast kids to come in. You may not be a great football player yet. I can make you into one. You could think of like Tyquan Thornton, um, what's his name, uh, Mims, the wide receiver that was down there at Baylor as well. Even that safety, he was a big track guy that's playing for the Texans now. He was a big track guy. They, they taught how to play football. Does that work in the Big Ten? In your opinion, do you think that's going to work in the Big Ten? Because it's different than what we see yeah, from a lot of is. the Big Ten teams recruiting. It is, um, and that's that's going to be a real question. Because um, I remember Scott Frost bringing in a bunch of fast dudes from Florida and didn't work out so well. So uh, I guess maybe the good news is that they're getting some fast guys, but you know, one of them's from up at Omaha West Side. You yep. know, track level speed guy. The other kid is uh, they got some kids from from down in Texas that you know they're maybe. I don't know. I don't want to say they're more suited than kids from Florida for for the Big Ten, but you know it's, it's at least a different type of player there. Mm. So um, you know, I, I, we'll see. Um, you know, the, that was a formula that you know, we all thought, or at least some thought, uh, was going to change the dynamic of the Big Ten when Frost got here, and it turned out that um, they had to completely um, flip their script a little bit uh, on the fly. So um, I think as long as you have balance where you're getting that type of speed at skill positions while complementing it with the right size, physicality in the trenches, then I think it can work. But you have to have that combination. I think that's where um, things really hurt Nebraska was that they had all this uh, you know, speed and skill on the perimeter and in the backfield, but they could never use it because their offensive line wasn't nearly good enough. So as long as they're able to get an offensive line that can give – the quarterback and running backs and receivers time to, to go utilize all that speed and athleticism, then, uh, you know, then, then I think it, it has a much better chance of working. Well, Robin, you mentioned, uh, one of the emphasis was going to be obviously keeping the in-state and the local kids. And we've already had a, a decision this morning. Uh, the Lincoln high gentleman, I, I hope I pronounce this close, uh, the Benny in, in um, I know that Nebraska really made a, a late push, but uh, looks like the kid is going to stick and stay solid to his commitment to Iowa State, which is great. I mean, Iowa State put in the work. You like to see a, a kid's word, award be worth something. But that obviously puts now a lot of more emphasis at 1045 this morning as Malachi Coleman is going to make his announcement on where he's going to go. Um, we all know that he decommitted from Nebraska, took some visits to some different places. Uh, Colorado was training for a short time, then maybe Nebraska got back in it. Um, you know, they both play the same position. Talk about, number one, the importance of tr- of getting Malachi Coleman, a, f- a four-star local kid, into this class, especially Matt Rule's first class. And also, you know, your best guess, is it going to be Nebraska or not this morning? I mean, he's obviously a really good player. Um, there's a lot that comes with it, too. It's just the theatrics that, that kind of come with that. Um <laughs> Uh, but if so it's kind of a fine line where, like, you know, the whole mantra uh, that Matt Rule has said is that, you know, you want people that are 100% bought in to, to be at Nebraska and then want to be at Nebraska. Well, um, you also want high-level talent. You also want 
arguably the the best player in the state that plays just you know 15 minutes from your campus uh, in your own city. So um, you know, there's, there's definitely something there where there's a ton of value for getting a kid like Malachi Coleman. But you know, um, with the way that his recruitment has just kind of unfolded, it it just seems like there's uh, a lot of work behind it too. So uh, if they end up getting them, that means and they take them, that means that uh, the staff feels that the pros outweigh the cons, and um, you know, so be it. But uh, you know, I think that this this the way that this kind of unfolded. I know it's certainly just looking at social media and um, our message board has turned a lot of people off. You know, with the, the flipping back and forth and uh, all that stuff, but. Um, certainly, if you can get four-star level talent with that that size um, and that ceiling uh, in your own backyard, uh, that is kind of a, a no-brainer in a lot of ways. And if Malachi is you know, fully committed to being a, a Nebraska Cornhusker, then I say uh, you know all all, all engine the head. We're talking to Robin Washington. A few more before we get you out of here. Uh, out of all the guys right now who we're still looking at. Um, maybe, maybe there's a few guys out there that we could still flip. I mean, that's my question to you. Are there guys out there that maybe we could still flip today? Um, you know, I'm not 100% dialed in all on that. Um, I will say that uh, – here, hold on. i got our signing day preview here. Yeah, they uh, – I don't think there's really expected to be any big surprises, um, you know, that what we know of. But, you know, certainly you never say never – on this deal, but um, here we go. I'll look at our, our signing day predictions here. Yeah, so um, bear with me here. All right, so we got, oh, the big one would be uh, Malik Hornsby, uh, the Arkansas cornerback, quarterback, um, you know, with the fact that they already took uh, Sims, Georgia Tech, and then Casey Thompson, um, you know, coming back. You know, that's a crowded QB room as it is. Would they add another transfer to that mix? Uh, that's probably the most interesting thing still on the table. Um, you know, I think that there's, um, other than that, really not a lot of big surprises that at least I know about. But, again, I don't follow football recruiting like uh, some of the other guys on our staff. Hey, Robin, let's get you out on this. I got Because I want to talk about this later on the show with these guys. And, obviously, you know, it's been two years since I got to do some sports radio, so I got a, some different thoughts. Uh, the NIL stuff, we've seen coaches at different universities complaining about you know, they were trying to throw $5 million at a certain quarterback to, you know, get him to transfer out of North Carolina. Or, you know, uh, we got Dion throwing up, uh, you know, expensive purses, I guess, is going to get the. Yeah, well, the Lambos I get, the purses I don't. Um, you know, hey, look, we're going to give this to your girlfriend. It's a satchel. Kid, a satchel. kid, you'll have a, yeah, you'll have a purse to give to your girlfriend. This is going to be awesome. Come to our school. Um, but like, what? I guess now that we've had NIL for a few years, and you're looking at it and seeing its effects on the athletes, you see a kid that had the world given to him, and 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 I'll say it, Ernest Hausman. I, you know, I think it's crazy that he left here, transferred out. I'm sure he got a little bit of a bag when he went up to to Michigan. I, when you look at it, is this a good thing for for college football that you have the amount of NIL money being thrown around? You know, you've got universities that. I know they can't offer kids money, but they sure are. And if everybody's cheating, should we cheat a little harder? Yeah, I mean, it's in- inevitable. He said um, yes to the cheating harder thing, I think, right there. Yes. Absolutely. All right, there we go, baby. Because especially when you look at just the consequences of cheating, like it's a slap on the wrist. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, like the pros of winning and the cons of uh, <laughs> not, uh, of, of you know, the, the 
punishments for cheating are you know, pretty no-brainer decision there for me. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, is it good? I mean, I guess you can have your differing opinions on that. I think it's something that um, with the way college athlete, athletics has become a business and the money being thrown around to everyone but the players, um, it's something that, that needed to happen. Um, but I just don't know. There's there's no way to control it. Um, and so now, yeah, it's, you're getting players paid, but now it's opening up a whole other can of worms where you, know, you have coach, or other teams actively poaching players that are currently on rosters. Um, you know, the, the tampering that's going on, like it's, it's not just full blown free agency. Like it's, uh, like a, a whole different level of, of shady recruiting where mm-hmm. you don't just have to worry about recruiting transfer portal or like actual players in the portal. Um, you know, in high school recruits, you have to keep kids that are already signed and committed and on scholarship on your roster from being recruited by other schools to eventually go in the portal. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's a big mess. But again, it was something that, you know, they were coming to a uh, kind of a, a breaking point here where um, I just don't know how avoidable all this stuff would have been because, uh, you know, they, they had to adapt. With it. Robin, we appreciate your time, man. Have a good signing day. I know it's going to be a busy day for you. We appreciate your time. We'll talk next week. Sounds good. I'll have we'll an ice cold latte waiting for you a little later today. You just let me know. Okay. okay. Sounds good, man. All right. <laughs> See you, Robin. By the way, I said next week. We're off the air next week, so we will not be talking with Robin. Uh, good interview with Robin. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Robin Washington. Boys, let's take a break and let's come back. Let's talk about everything we just asked Robin about, especially with Husker football. I want to bring up that thing you brought up with the track stars because I don't have a good feeling about all that. So, Oh, um, no. Oh, if oh, Will's nervous. God. Will's nervous. I am oh, nervous. Boy. We'll oh, talk about boy. that when we come back. <laughs> 